Well, six years ago today, when I got up out of bed that morning, on October the 29th, 2000, this was still a dream. My wife, Shannon, who many of you know, and our children, Hannah and Josh, and since we've added Lindsay and Drew, they are bona fide, born and bred New Yorkers, amen? (laughs) But at that time, it was me and Shannon and the two kids and We lived here for about a month and the Lord had brought us about 19 people who said amazingly that they were interested in being a part of a Bible study with us. And so we began a Bible study in the most God-ordained place in the world to have a Bible study, a dentist's office. (laughs) I tell you, if that's not the odds against you, one of the most painful places in the world to be is a dentist's office. No offense to dentists here today, but God used that little place right down the road here, in fact. You could almost throw a rock and hit that building for, from here. Well, after we had been in the dentist's office for about six months, on October the 29th, 2000, we believed that God was leading us, that we were ready to begin worshiping together on a Sunday morning. That Sunday morning, we went from those 19 people, and they invited some of their friends and family, and we had 37 people at the Ramada Inn who worshiped the Lord together for the first time. And here we are, six years later. Amen? How amazing this journey has been that we've been on together. And you know what? I want to tell you today, I am so glad that you are here to be a part of it. You know, some of you are members of New Hope. And as I shared a little bit earlier, some of you have been here from almost the very beginning. Some of you have have just recently become part of our church family and some kind of in between. Many of you here today are our guests. Maybe you've been coming for a long time as a guest or maybe today is the very first time you've ever stepped foot in these doors. But I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter who you are or how long you've been coming, we are glad that you're here today because it's about people at New Hope. God changing the lives of people. And we're so glad that you're here to celebrate this day with us because what we want to do today is think about why on earth are we here? Why did God ever decide that it was in His heart? We believe that it was in His heart to start a church called New Hope in Queensbury, New York. And so we're going to talk about today the reason for New Hope. And there's really two motivations for that. First of all, if you're our guest here today on this Open House Sunday, so that you can hear a little bit more about the heart of this church, what it's about, what it's it's been put here for, and so that you can have an idea of who we are, what we're about. And we're praying today as you hear that story that God will use it as a blessing in your life. But you know here today, many of you have become a part of the New Hope family. And today I believe that God wants us to be reminded of who we are because we can never lose sight of the reason that God started this church in the first place. You know, I believe many churches have started well, but they've gotten off track over the years. Maybe they started with the right focus, with the right heart, with the right perspective, but over time, unfortunately, many churches have lost their focus and now they're far away from the original intention for which they were started. Well, I hope and I pray and I want to do everything that I can within my power and my heart and and anything that I can do to help New Hope to never allow that to happen. And one of the ways we can do that is by being reminded today of the reason for New Hope. God has started us as a church for really, I want to share with you three reasons today. God started us, number one, as a place for people to come to faith. You know, it's always been intriguing to me to think about the fact that every little baby starts out at really the same place, don't they? 
Now, I know that very quickly the differences in the circumstances of people's lives become very clear. But at least at that moment of birth, we are all at the same place with all the possibilities of life ahead of us. Yet the reality is we end up in very different places, don't we? I mean, that little baby, many of those little babies in that maternity ward, many of those little babies are going to become moms and dads. Some of those babies are going to become corporate leaders or world leaders. Some of those little babies, can you believe it? By looking at a little baby, are going to end up on death row. Some of those little babies are going to, are going to go through some of the most tremendous struggles that this world has ever faced. But did you know that no matter who we are, no matter what the situations of our lives or, or the choices that we make, no matter where those may take us in life, there is one place that God has created for every one of us to come to. As we look at those little babies, we can say, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's plan, His desire, His purpose for every single one of those babies is that they would grow up and that eventually they would come to faith in Him. At some point, hopefully very soon in their lives, that they would put their lives in the hands of the one who created them. You know, it's God's whole point to us. It's the message of the Bible that God wants us to come to faith in Him. Over and over, the Bible says, God says to us, come to me. God says, call upon me. God says, trust in me. God says, follow me. God's desire throughout His Word is for each one of us to have a personal relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to read to you some verses that indicate that. One out of the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. Listen to the heart of God as I read these verses. Isaiah 51 says, Listen, or ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully carefully to me, God says, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. God said, I want to do so much for you, just come to me. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And God tells us, I will make an everlasting covenant. God says to us, He wants to, if we will come to Him, if we will place our faith in Him, He will establish a relationship with us that will never end. He says in verse 6, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let Him return to the Lord. Do you hear the heart of God? I love these verses. Let Him... How many of us have gotten away from God in our lives? Let Him return to the Lord and He will have compassion on Him and to our God for He will abundantly pardon God's whole message throughout the Bible is that He wants us to come to faith in Him. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, some verses out of the New Testament. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you. God's issuing a call. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Do you hear God calling to us? It's not that God's desperate for us. It's not that God needs us. But He wants us and He calls us to come, to trust in Him, to put our faith in Him, to find satisfaction and fulfillment and rest. Anybody here 
need rest today in your soul? To find rest in Him. That is the primary message in the Bible. God calling to His most special creation, men and women and boys and girls, come to Me. And any church that is led by God would encourage people, would invite people to come to faith in Him. You know, why is God so passionate about this? this? Why is it that He wants to make sure that we as His people realize that this is one of the primary reasons that He has put, put us here on this earth? This is one of the primary messages that He's given us to share with the world. Why is that so important to God? Did you pick it up in Isaiah 55 and in Matthew 11? The Bible tells us that this world at its best comes up very empty. And at worst... It can destroy our lives. To be honest, without God, it eventually will destroy our lives. So that's why God is so passionate about us coming to Him, and that's why He tells His people that they, very, they better make very sure that the message that they're sharing with people is not turning people away from God, which many times churches are, 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 are guilty of, but actually that, pe- that we are inviting people to God, to come to God. New Hope family, we started this church so that there would be a place, at least one more place. There are already places like this in this community, but there would be at least one more place in this community where people could come to faith, where people would hear about a place that they've heard of called New Hope, a place where they have a a feeling they've heard that God is working over there and that they would have the courage to come to that place and that when they came to that place, they would be welcomed and not snubbed by people and that they would be given freedom and they'd be given the space to learn and to explore and to understand and, and to find out more about this God that, that is being talked about and that they would have an opportunity to receive His free gift. A place where a single mom who has just about given up is able to find God's strength. Isn't that the kind of place we want to be? A place where someone who's having marriage struggles is invited by a friend to a Bible study. And when they come to that Bible study, they're welcomed and they're encouraged and they're made to feel at home. And, and through that group of people studying God's Word and encouraging them and helping them and, and, and going through that struggle with them, that that couple would find the hope and the help that's available that we found through Jesus Christ. That a man would be riding down the road and he would turn on the radio and, and he would hear our radio broadcast and he would pull over and he would invite Jesus to come into his heart and be his Savior. That a teenager would sense that there's got to be more to life than what I've seen around me. That, that the adults around me seem to be so unhappy or, or, or so unfulfilling. Like there's got to be more than that. And then somebody at school would invite their friend to come to youth group. And that young person, God would begin working in their life. And at 15 years of age, before they have to go through all the mistakes and failures and, and struggles we've been through, that they could come to know Jesus and begin their personal walk with Him as their life is just beginning. How many of us today are like that? How many of us today have come to faith in God because God started a church called New Hope six years ago? How many of us here today six years ago didn't know Christ as our personal Savior, but because of that invitation, you have received Jesus? Maybe in a service like this or maybe in some other Bible study or event, but because God started a church called New Hope, you have come to faith in Jesus Christ. I thank God for that. I thank God that He's given us the privilege of issuing that invitation and helping you in any way that we possibly could. And that's our prayer that we will always be a place like that. We'll always stay a maternity ward. Amen?
That there will always be a steady flow of people who are taking that next step, who are saying, you know what? I'm not so sure that I've ever had a connection with God, but I'm ready to receive it. I'm ready to come to faith to put my life in His hands. By the way, if you're here today, I cannot think of a better day to do that. What a wonderful day. You know, Melissa just shared that their family, they can look back and four years ago today, this is when they first started coming and God began to do a special work in their lives. And maybe you could say, this is my marker. On October the 29th, 2006, on the six-year anniversary of my church family, I came to know Christ as my personal Savior. But I have to tell you, as wonderful as that beginning is, did you know it's just the beginning? When you put your faith in Christ, when we lead people to understanding that and and to encouraging them to invite Christ to come into their hearts and they put their faith in Christ, that is just the start. You see, God wants us to be a place where people are coming to faith, but He also wants us to be a place for people to grow in faith. You know, it breaks my heart to know that there are many churches around the world that, that don't invite people to put their faith in Christ. But almost just as sad is that many times when people do, they're not given the opportunity to grow. They're not challenged, they're not encouraged to go any further than that. Did you know that God's primary goal is for each one of us to come to faith in Him, to put our life and our trust in His hands? But did you know that's not His only goal? It's the first goal, but it's not the end of the story. In fact, it's just the beginning. Amen? If anybody in this room has ever trusted in Christ, wouldn't you say, man, that was just birthday. That was just when it all started. But there's been a lot of life since then. Have you ever read Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20? Jesus told His disciples, He says, go. Go all over the world and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus said He didn't just want babies. He loves babies. I mean, babyhood is where it starts. Amen? You can't have life until you're born. But once you're born, it doesn't end there. He doesn't want just babies. He wants children born into His family who can grow up walking with Him. He wants, He says here, disciples. You could use the word followers or learners. People who desire, who have a heart to walk with Him every day for the rest of their lives. They want to grow. They want to continue learning His plan and purpose for their lives. You don't get married on your wedding day and say, man, this was a nice process. I'll see you later. I mean, that's not well, that's not the end of the story. In fact, you put up with all the junk beforehand just because all the great stuff that's going to follow, hopefully. <laughs> but the wedding day is what? It's just the beginning. I mean, it's necessary. You need it. But it's just the beginning. It's just the starting gate for a whole lifetime together. God wants us to realize that when we receive Christ, that's wonderful. That's the first point, but it's just the starting point for a whole life that we have ahead walking with Him. I want to read to you some verses that talk about that. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Ephesians 4, 14 says, As a result, we are no longer to be children. God wants us to grow up. We're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects, all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. Bible, the Bible says that God's intention for us is to become children, but not to stay children. 
God wants us to grow up, to mature, to become all that He intended for us to be. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 challenges us. It says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, the, the foundation principles, let us press on to maturity. God says, when He plants His Spirit in your heart, when you accept Christ, when you come to faith, there's something in you that says, I have a feeling there's more that God wants to do in my life. Now, don't get me wrong. When you receive Christ, when you put your faith and your trust in Him, He, he, he grants us everything. We have access to everything that we'll ever need. So there's, it's not as if we're waiting on anything else, but there's a lifelong process of exploring and discovering God's purpose, God's plan, and, and living that out in our lives. And so he says, move on. Once you've come to faith, God wants us to be a place where people can actually grow in faith. He actually commands it. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Jesus says, or Peter says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's put in an imperative. He says, grow. He says, I want you to grow. Sometimes you can go to churches and, and they won't challenge you to grow, but I pray that that's never the case here at New Home. We don't want to be anybody's face. We don't want to be saying, hey, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you moving forward? Not that kind of stuff. That's just mean, isn't it? The Bible says speaking the truth in love. But we need to be in an environment where we're a little bit uncomfortable, where we're always thinking, man, man, God's working on that, or, or man, God's working on this. And sometimes I see y'all squirming a little bit, and, and maybe it's because the sermons went a little long, but, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that God, it's because God's working. And that you're thinking, well, man, I didn't come for that. But okay, Lord, I want to grow. If that's what you're speaking to me about, that's what we're going to do. Do you know the Bible says, in fact, in Hebrews chapter 6, just before we just read, that there's a danger. Chapter 5, verse 11 and following tells us there's a danger in not growing. Hebrews 5, 11 says, uh, concerning Him, he's talking about Christ, concerning Him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. He's talking to some people who many of which had come to Christ, but because they weren't willing to grow, they were starting to become dull of hearing God speak to them. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, he says, listen, you should have grown to the point that you can turn around and help somebody else. He says, but you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, they've lived it, they're learning it, they're growing in it, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The danger in not growing, friend, if you're here today and you know Christ, God is challenging you. might say, I want to stay right where I'm at. Well, that is the decision that we can make. But I pray that we're always a church that challenges people to go farther than that. Because the Bible says that staying an infant is not normal. Amen? <laughs> it's not normal for a baby not to grow. The life process says when you begin life, you grow up. Is it possible for a person to come to church their whole life but never grow? It's not only possible, it happens every single week. Sometimes it's the fault of the person. They're not responding to that challenge to grow. Many times I'll take the responsibility for churches and church leaders. Many times it's the church's fault. Either way, Infants 
who stay that way become crybabies. Amen? And they never move forward. They never reach maturity. What does maturity mean? Maturity means you reach where you were supposed to be. You become all that you were supposed to be. And isn't that what we want? To become all that God wants us to be. The reason that New Hope was started was so that people would grow in faith. That we could find and fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives as we continue growing in a personal relationship with Him. How many of us today have grown in the last six years? How many of us today, how many of you today have gone places? How many have done things? How many of you have changed in ways that you would have never imagined your life would have taken you six years ago? Well, I have to tell you, I have. I'm not near what I ought to be. I'm not yet what I'm going to be. But thank God, I'm not what I used to be. Amen? i got a long ways to go. But I've come a long ways by the grace and the help of God. And can I tell you something? For me, and I know for many of you, I'm going to be honest with you, that is directly tied with me being a part of New Hope. There are a lot of factors that God has woven in to contribute to me moving forward in my walk with Him. Age, my own personal walk with Him, experiences in life, lots of other people involved in my life. But I'm being honest with you, by far, besides my own family, the greatest contribution that has been made to my life personally in helping me to become whoever God wants me to be has been directly tied to this church family over the last six years. Today, I trust God, I hope, I believe I do, I trust Him more than I did six years ago. Today, I really believe and I hope that I'm a better husband than I was six years ago. Today, I hope and I believe by God's grace that I'm a better dad and a better pastor than I was six years ago because I'm in a growing in faith environment. Friends, this walking with God stuff is not complicated. It is very challenging, amen? And at times difficult because the way this world is set up and because of our own nature within us, but God just wants us to come to Him. It's not complicated. He wants us to come to Him and then He wants us to grow in Him. Let me ask you a question. Are you in a growing, personal love relationship with Jesus Christ? If you're not, I invite you to come to that today. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, first of all, I need to nurture my own personal relationship with Him. Listen, friend. Many times people come to church, they say, I didn't get anything out of it. I can't get much out of His work here when I participate in church life if this is the only time I'm looking to Him. And you might get tidbits. You might get a little bit. Hopefully, God could bless you. Hopefully, we're going to seek God's direction and God's going to do something in our hearts whether we come prepared or not. But the likelihood is, according to God's Word, we come to worship. We bring worship. It's not that we receive it. Do you understand that? And so the first thing, if you want to grow in Christ, is you begin nurturing a personal, daily love relationship with Jesus Christ. Then a second key piece is to begin to connect with other people who are. You know, I'm in Bible studies with people 
who are growing in Christ, who are loving Him, who are trying to understand Him. And I'm learning and I'm seeing things in God's Word as we study that together. And as they bounce things off of me and as I bounce things off of them, and I'm learning things that I never knew before, or I'm being reminded of things that I did know, but I just forgot. I quit using. And as I watch them, it helps me learn how to grow. I see Jesus being fleshed out. I see your attitude. I see the way you talk, the way you treat your wife, the way you deal with your children, the way you use your finances. And that says to me, you know what? God begins to affirm in me, Robbie. That's where you need to go. That's the step. That's the next step you need to take in that area. And so I'm not just learning information. I'm seeing transformation. And as I'm learning God's Word, the truth of God's Word, and as I'm watching it flesh out in the lives of others, I begin to put it into practice myself. And you know what? I can look back a few years later, and guess what I did? I grew. I've gone a little farther with God. May we never be a place where people are not challenged. May we never be a place where people are allowed to grow cold or to get stagnant, and they're not given the opportunity to move forward with God. Those are the first two things. A place to come to faith. Wow, what a privilege that we could be a place that can invite people to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. That we could be a place where people could grow in faith. What a blessing to hear one story, two stories this morning already about two lives, about two households, about two families that we in some way, by God's grace, have been able to contribute to them being closer to God today. Is there anything better in life that somebody would have grown closer to God as a result of our feeble efforts? It doesn't get any better than that. But the third thing is we're to be a place for people to be sent by faith. You know, I talked about people coming to faith that might have given you the impression that as a church, we just kind of stay over here and do our thing and we invite people to come check it out if they want to. That's the problem many times with a perspective of churches. Many times churches want to stay in their buildings and they want to expect people to come to them. We've got this wonderful message. God wants to change your life. If you could just work it out to be here at 8 o'clock or 1045 on Sunday, we'd be glad to tell you about it. That is crazy. That is exactly the opposite of the approach that Jesus gave His first disciples. That goes against the mission that He gave to Him. In Matthew 28, which we just read, verses 19 through 20, He said what? Go! Go, people! He knew we wouldn't if He didn't tell us. We don't want to, do we? For a lot of reasons. But He said, go. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, He says, you shall... You better be, boys and girls. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Praise God if people feel welcome in this place. Praise God if they have the get up and go in their own life to wake up on a Sunday morning and to come to a place that they've never been before and to hear a message that they're not so sure about but they're wondering about, praise God if people are willing to take that step. But we should not wait for people to have to take that step before we take them this wonderful message. That's why at New Hope, we just said goodbye to the Gordon family. Did you know there are many people in Thailand? Did you realize people in Thailand do not know where Bay Road is? Did you know that? They will never 
come in our doors. Not that we have the only message. There are people, there are faithful churches all over the world. But if we're going to have the opportunity to share the good news, somebody's going to have to go take it. Unless there's a church there. There are some churches there, but there needs to be many more. You know what? It might be a short trip. It might be that some of us would load up and say, you know what? Jeff and Jessica are over in Thailand now. They need a little more help doing what they're doing. Hey, let's set aside a week or ten days. Let's go over there and help them. Wouldn't that be fun? You can put it down. We're going. Lord, help us. I don't know when it's going to be, but we're going to help the Gordons to do their work. It might be that like them, God calls you to be the one to get us started. You move over there. You move your family there. You start a home there. That's why we would do that. God wants us to be a place to send people by faith. That's why we have a heart for having a TV and radio ministry. Not everybody, like I said, is going to feel comfortable coming to our building. Are we going to wait until they're comfortable to step in our doors before we share this message with them? That's why we do soccer clinics. That's why we do concerts in the park. That's why we do kids' bouncy bounce. That's why we do serving evangelism. That's why we'll do anything that we possibly can within reason and that honors God to reach out to our community. We want to do all that we can do, listen to me, friends, to show the love of Christ before we share the love of Christ. Many times people would say to us, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Let me just see you live it first. Let's live it first, maybe in fun and creative ways like I've just mentioned, but let's live it first, then we might have an opportunity to share it. A heart for sending is why we challenge you to be a good neighbor, to be a good coworker, to be a good employee, to reach out to those in your neighborhood at work and at school, to be a friend, to be a, a, a person in your neighborhood who would minister to other people's needs. People in your community, people in your, in your circles of life may never come to our church, but if we challenge you to go back out with what we've heard, with what God's done in our lives, and to share it with them, God is able to share that good news with them without expecting them to take a step to come hear about it. That's why we have a heart for church planting. We have many people in our church who come from Southlands Falls. And praise God for you. A wonderful group of people that come from that community. But you know what? Not everyone, I don't know why, I would, but not everyone will drive across that bridge to come to New Hope. And even if they would, we're not going to be the church for everyone. Amen? There's different kinds of churches for different kinds of people. So let's send some of our people over there to start another one over there for them. And let's do that in communities all over this region. Can we do that, church family? Is it possible that 25 years from now there may be five or six or ten churches within 30 minutes or an hour of here because of New Hope being here? Church family, this is a sending church. We are called into God's family. Then we're called to grow up as God's people. Then God sends us out. He said in John 20, verse 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. If we ever quit sending, and we come to Christ, and we grow in Christ, but we don't share Christ, you know what's going to happen? We're going to get fat and unhealthy. We're going to be using all the resources that God has given us only on ourselves. And that is not what God has left us here to do. When I hear about churches that become inward focused, I don't understand that. 
You see, we are in this world to shine the love of Christ. Matthew 5, verse 14 and verse 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You and I, as a church family, must always let our light shine. When you come to Christ and as you grow in Him, that is the primary purpose that God has left you. If you're wondering, what am I supposed to do with my life? The primary purpose, there's a lot of other things that you'll be doing with your life, but the primary person, the reason that God has left you here on this earth is to show His love and to share His love with other people. And when we do that, when I come to Christ and I grow a little bit and I begin sharing that, and then others come to Christ and they grow a little bit and they begin sharing that, and then others come to Christ and they grow a little bit and they begin sharing that, guess what happens? It multiplies and it grows. And more and more across this community, more and more people across this area, across our country, do you believe it could happen through this church family? Across this world, that we could be a little tiny partial influence for many, many more people knowing this Savior. As I said just a moment ago, the Lord's work is not very complicated. There are a lot of other things that we need to learn and develop in our relationship with God. But I believe the three things I've shared with you are the three primary things that God is going to hold us responsible for. And almost everything that we do in life relates to them or should. When Jesus comes back one day, I believe, listen friend, I believe His first question is going to be this. Did you ever personally come to faith and trust in me? Can I ask you a question? If you're here today, how would you answer that question? If right now today, you were standing before Jesus Christ Himself, because He's the one that really matters, how would you answer that question? Have you ever personally come to faith in Him? Then I believe number two, He's going to say this. What did you do after that with the life that I gave you? Did you continue growing in your personal relationship with me? And did you share me with others? What would be the answer for us as a church family? Are people coming to Him through us? Are people growing in faith through us? Are people being sent by faith through us? I believe they are. I hope they are. And I ask God to grow us much more. Amen? It's the dream of this church that one day, as a result of realizing that we are to be a part of bringing people to faith in Christ, it's the dream of this church that one day we would see one person a week being baptized, publicly displaying their personal faith, that they've received Christ and now they're not afraid or ashamed to show it, that once a week at least that we would see someone being baptized and publicly demonstrated that they have put their faith in Jesus Christ. It's the dream of this church that as we realize our responsibility to grow in faith, that every person in this church family would be connected in a growing relationship with other people in a Bible study group, and they would be involved in some kind of a ministry, connecting with other people, learning from other people, growing and serving other people. It's the dream of this church that as a result of thinking about sending people by faith back out to share that same message with others, that on a consistent basis we'd have 10 10 groups of people every year going somewhere else in the world to share that good news with somebody else. And that while we're doing that, we would consistently on a weekly basis have creative opportunities to do that right here 
in our very own community. It's the dream of this church that as a result of thinking about being sent out by God that every single one of us would have an on-mission attitude. Did you hear what I said? An on-mission attitude. What does that mean? That means that every one of us would be daily considering sharing Christ with the people that we come in contact with, with the people that we live and that we work and that we play with. And that even uh, we, would, we would be thinking about, God, how are you working around me? And Lord, should I start a Bible study during the lunch break? Or, or is there a group of people in my community who are showing interest in you that we could begin to share God's Word with them? And, and maybe is it possible that some of us God is going to use in some of those outlying communities outside of Glens Falls and Queensbury, God's going to put on your heart, hey, Pastor, can I begin to start a Bible study in my home? And let's just see what God does. And, and, and if the Lord wants to, He could start a church out of my home. You say, are you kidding me? I've never done that. Welcome to the club. I don't think any of us have. But God can do it, amen? That's what we're here for. That people would come to Christ, they'd grow up in Him, He'd change their lives, and they'd go back out in lots of different ways, in lots of different areas, to share that hope with others. That's the reason for new hope. That's why we're here. And may God help us to never forget it and to never stop living it as a church family and as individuals. I've challenged this today, but I want to ask you a question. I want to go back to that question that I just asked. If you were to stand before the Lord Jesus right now and He were to say to you, have you ever come to faith in me? Do you know 100% without a shadow of a doubt, that you could answer, yes, Lord Jesus, you know I'm yours. I remember that day when I realized that I needed you and I heard the message that you had come for me and I put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus, and you know I'm your child. Friend, if you can't say that today, what a wonderful way to celebrate our anniversary today that someone would come to faith in the Lord. If you're here today and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, what about that second question? Is this church family growing people up? Is this church family sending people? Well, that's a question for us as a group, but it really comes down to us as individuals, doesn't it? Are you growing in your faith? Are you allowing Christ to challenge you, to take you places that you've never gone before in your personal walk with Him? Or have you grown cold and stagnant? Are you satisfied? You're getting fat and happy. You want them crybabies. Is God nudging you this morning? Come on up ahead. What did He say? Come follow me, right? Is He out kind of in front calling you this morning? Come on, let's go. And Maybe part of that growth for some of us this morning, you'd say, Robbie, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life, but I cannot imagine sharing it with somebody else. I know it's challenging, but that's what He left us for. You know, the reality is even though we struggle with it, you know in your heart it's what you want to do, don't you? How could we keep the most wonderful friend we've ever found, the most faithful, the kindest, the most gracious, the most powerful, the one who's given us everything that we have, how could we keep him to ourselves? Maybe you'd say, that you know what my heart is, I want to share. But I need God to help me. I need him to kick me out of the nest. I need him to show me. I'm willing, but I don't know what to do. Whatever it is today, If God is speaking to you, would you respond to Him right now?